live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon. How are you? It is Friday. Yay. Yes. May the 6th, the year 2022. Coming up in a couple of hours, we'll have the Lilies for the Phillies as the Kentucky Oaks gets underway at famed Churchill Downs. Tomorrow, the run for the Roses and the Kentucky Derby. Um, Busy, busy day. Lots of things to talk about. Um, It's great to be with you. My main man, James Mesh, producing inside the game studios on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 Lake Charles. We are streaming 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And in the Acadiana area, we are simulcast on your television, 32.3 and uh, 133 on LUS Fiber. So, uh, beautiful Chamber of Commerce Day, getting a little warm but uh, for those going to uh, Jazz Fest in New Orleans and all the things happening, it's good to get that sun because we we had some rain come through last night. In fact, woke me up in the middle of the night. Uh, we needed a little bit. Now it's time for the sun to to bake it all out. You heard in the two-minute drill, um, Kim Mulkey strikes again. Uh, she gets Maryland star Angel Reese to transfer to LSU. She was the number one player in the unsigned transfer rankings after leading Maryland in scoring 18 points a game and rebounding 11 caroms a game as a sophomore last season. Um, And this is a huge, huge get for the AP Coach of the Year in Kim Mulkey. Um, Just another big who can flat out play. She was a third-team AP All-American Um, first team, all big 10 and defensive, all big 10 team. She suffered a foot injury that hindered her freshman season, but she's back. And as Kim Mulkey said, she's one of the most dynamic players in the country, an outstanding score with a knack for rebounding that will make an immediate impact in our front court. Um, Reese said, I chose LSU and Kim Mulkey because of the winning culture. I trust in coach Kim and her staff to help develop me into the player I need to be for the next level. So there you go. Another big, big get for Kim Mulkey. How about the troubles of one Phil Mickelson? According to a book that's coming out, federal auditors investigating Phil Mickelson's role in an insider trading scheme found his gambling losses totaled more than $40 million from 2010 to 2014. Four years, lost $40 million in gambling. Now, $40 million to Phil Mickelson might be like 4000 to you and me. It hurts, but it's doable. Um, his unauthorized biography, 
by Alan Shipnuck in his Fire Pit Collective site said that um, it's going to be released May 17th during the PGA Championship. Mickelson is the defending champion. He's not said if he will be playing or not, but uh, wow, $40 million in gambling losses. Woo, crazy, crazy. All right, um, LSU Baseball embarks on its eighth SEC series today when the 14th-ranked Tigers at 30 and 14 overall, 12 and 9 in the SEC face Alabama, who's 25 and 20 overall, 9 and 12 in the SEC. Bama began the season strong but has lost 8 of its last 10 games including 3 losses at South Carolina last weekend. LSU seems to have found a little bit of a groove coming off back-to-back series wins against Missouri and Georgia. Bill Franquez en route to Tuscaloosa. He'll be on the call of the game right here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, along with Chris Blair. Uh, Bill Franquez will join us to preview LSU versus Bama. The odds are out for the run for the roses and epicenter after being the second choice has now taken over as the betting favorite uh, at seven to two. So uh, we'll get George Pepsis, who is a, uh, Thoroughbred handicapper, longtime thoroughbred handicapper that does some work for Crescent City Sports. He will join us coming up in a few minutes to share his thoughts on the Oaks today and the Derby tomorrow. Um, Brian Kelly from LSU Football during his uh, Tiger tour in Lafayette noted that LSU was getting a um, a really good player back, a player that had played um, a lot of football and who's going to come up and help this club significantly. So Anthony Bradford back on the offensive line. We'll discuss that with Matthew Bruni here at the bottom of the hour, hour number two, the regular crowd shuffles in Larry Holder will share his thoughts on the NFL draft in particular, the saints for the first time since, uh, the saints made their choices uh, George Faust will give us everything we need to know about the Rage and Cajuns. Um, the men, baseball team at UL, uh, I mean, at the softball team, excuse me, at ULM in Monroe. Uh, they are kind of running away with things in the Sunbelt Conference standings. They're 20 and four overall. Um, now, South Alabama only has one more loss at with five, but they've played uh, far fewer games, four fewer games. So South Alabama's at 15 and five, UL Monroe's at 10 and 14. So it shouldn't be a problem, but you guys still play the game, right? So we'll find out about softball. Baseball, meanwhile, will be at the Teague hosting UT Arlington for uh, the first of three tonight, starting at 6 p.m. Uh, the Cajuns right now third in the Sunbelt Conference standings. Texas State at 17 and four, Georgia Southern at 15 and six, and the Cajuns are at 14 and seven. UTA, uh, not a very good baseball team at all. They're at uh, six and 15 overall. So that you would think, particularly at home, the Cajuns should roll. They should sweep this thing. That should be uh, a no doubter, no doubter whatsoever. Joel Embiid has been cleared uh, with protocol, um, but he's now doubtful for game three of the NBA um, playoffs 
that resume tonight. Game three, Miami at Philadelphia with the Heat leading two games to none. Game three uh, in the Western Conference semifinals, Phoenix at Dallas. The Suns leading their best of seven series, two games to zip. Two games to zip. Um, Everybody kind of wondering what's going to happen with the Seattle Seahawks. Coach Pete Carroll says he doesn't see the, the Hawks trading for a quarterback before the start of the 2022 season. Um, he wasn't asked specifically about Baker Mayfield, but instead whether the Seahawks are interested in adding a veteran quarterback with starting experience. He says, we're always competing. I'm not saying anything you didn't think I was going to say, but unfortunately there's always been the way we've operated and it fits again. So we're looking, but I don't see us making a trade for anybody at all. I don't see that happening. All right. There you go. Um, Busy, busy day. So, again, Bill Frankes talking LSU baseball. George Pepsis talking Churchill Downs with the Oaks today, the Derby tomorrow. Matthew Bruni, uh, what does it mean to have Anthony Bradford back on that offensive line? That's a big, big get. Larry Holder, all things Saints and NFL. George Faust, all things Ragin' Cajuns. And George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will um, make our picks uh, of all the big events happening this week. Weekend, You know, the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? Well, with DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win. Total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code 1037GAME only. At DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-7867. Fridays brought to you by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana. In Lafayette, off of Ambassador Caffrey. In Baton Rouge, off of Blue Bonnet. HRT, Hormone Replacement Therapy. As you get older, you start to get deficient in testosterone. You start to not sleep well. Your sex drive diminishes. Well, the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic is ready for you. A little blood work, find out where you're strong, where you're deficient, and then they put you on a program specifically catered to your need. We'll give you more details throughout the show, but the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana, ready for you to become the best you you can become and to turn back the clock of father time. We'll be right back after this timeout. Bill Franken, LSU, Bama, baseball, here on the Jordy Helford Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. 
back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Tonight at 6 p.m., LSU will take on the Alabama Crimson Tide at Sewell Thomas Stadium. The Tigers rank 14th um, overall, 14th in the NCAA RPI, number 19 in the USA Today poll, number 20 in the D1 baseball poll. Alabama is unranked. You can listen to the ball game right here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And when you do, you'll hear Chris Blair and you'll hear our next guest, who is uh, the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Skip Berkmanfield, the longtime baseball sports information director and good friend, Bill Franquez. He'll be on the, the color side of things tonight. Bill, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Hey, hey, Jordan, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. How's the weather in T-Town? Well, the weather's very nice. It's, uh, you know, we, we arrived not too long ago. It, it's uh, sunny and uh, very windy, but sunny, warm, and uh, pleasant. Uh, I'd say uh, looks like uh, I think we're expecting this type of weather throughout the entire weekend. So it's a lot of excitement. I'll say this on the Alabama campus. It's graduation weekend here at Alabama. So we've, uh, we've come at a good time. Wow. It should be a little more crowded maybe than it normally is at this time of the year. But uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of people around here. Uh, we're staying right across the street at the Hotel Capstone, which is right across the street from the baseball field. So yep. uh, we're looking forward to a good weekend. I, I always tell this story. I went, uh, we stayed there as well when I played. And I remember going yep. down, they had a little uh, little restaurant with a little, uh, it looked like the old kind of um uh, where you sit up at the bar area, kind of a soda fountain kind of a place looking thing. And oh, I remember yeah. sitting down eating and I looked yeah. to my left and here comes this huge guy. I mean, I mean, huge, looked like a, looked like an offensive tackle and offensive guard combined into one. And he kept walking, kept walking right to me. And all of a sudden he huh. pulled off to the right and right behind him was Bear Bryant. And Bear Bryant know, sat like... down next to me and we ate, uh, we ate lunch together. Um, wow. And the bear had his own, had his own suite up at the top. He said he'd always go up there and take a little hour, hour and a half nap every day and then go back to the office. So anyway, um, interesting <laughs> story. story. So, so where do we stand with this LSU baseball team now? You, you've seen them well, and, uh, we we've talked before. What, what do you feel like now as we're going into the eighth conference series weekend? Yeah, Jordy, I think considering everything that LSU has had to overcome this year, a lot of injuries, as you know, uh, losing Javen Coleman very early in the year, who would have likely been a weekend starter, especially uh, a, a lefty with a great arm, losing him, uh, having not having Alex Malazzo, our top catcher for most of the season, uh, losing Gavin Dugas for the last month, who was who a very integral part of the team. All those issues, plus the fact that you know, we didn't really have a, a top-flight ace returning, and, and our weekend rotation has kind of been a work in progress. I think considering all of those things, that LSU really is in very good position. As you said at the outset, number 14 in the NCAA RPI, which certainly puts you in position to be an NCAA regional host. And I think going into the year, if you would have told most LSU fans that LSU at this by this point has a chance to be a regional host, I think most fans would have been very pleased with that. And I get the impression that, that Coach Johnson and his staff are pleased with where the team is. However, they do realize that uh, they will need to play uh, even better uh, to continue to, to get where we want to go. To continue to have a chance to host a regional, you, you've got to finish uh, strong. Definitely finish with a winning SEC record. 
and the Tigers have a chance to do that now. Wow. Um, you, you always deliver these statistics and notes before every game. I had no idea that that Mikhail Hilliard, uh, the Friday night starter, has is now 12-0 and in his last 12 yeah. career decisions. Um, yeah. He hasn't lost a decision since May 22nd of 2019. How valuable has he been this year? Yeah, you know, uh, Jay mentioned it earlier in the week. He said one of the first people he spoke to when he got the job was Mikhail Hilliard because he realized how much we needed a guy like Mikhail to come back because he saw that perhaps we didn't have all the all the pitching we need, that we needed to be successful. So uh, he said, you know, I knew Mikhail, I knew how, how valuable Mikhail would be and how much we needed him. However, I had no idea that he would deliver uh, this much to the team to be basically he's become the, the, the game one ace. And, he, and Coach Johnson calls him that. He is our ace right now. And he never would have imagined that McHale would do that, but he's not really surprised because after getting to know McHale over these past months, he sees what a competitor he is. He sees how focused and intense he is, and he knows how to pitch. And he's a veteran. He, he knows how to, to, to work hitters, how to work both sides of the plate. And, of course, he has a fantastic curveball. He mixes in that, uh, that, that fastball, which can top out around 89 to 90 miles per hour. And he's just been a, a fantastic <laughs> asset to this team and one that maybe wasn't – it's not so much a surprise, but maybe not expected to, to do as much as he has. It's been, it's been really remarkable. And, you know, for those who don't know Jordy, you know, McHale lost his dad in a very tragic yeah. accident right after the season last year. And for him to overcome that personal adversity as well – and be as effective as he has been and be such a leader on this team, I think speaks to the young man's character. No question about it, boy. I, I can't even begin to fathom what that must be like. Um, but not only has he been outstanding, but when you really, when you look at things, this pitching staff is near the top of the SEC in all kinds of categories. Yeah. Number four in right. ERA, number four in opponent batting average, number four in fewest runs allowed. That, to me, is the most important. Fewest runs allowed, fewest yeah. earned runs allowed, yeah. number four. Fewest hits allowed, number four. Fewest walks allowed, number four. My gosh, I don't know who the t- yeah. three are above them. I'm sure Tennessee's one of them, but um, yeah. that's not bad when you consider everything. No. Again, I, like like uh, what I've said, just the fact that we have no real established ace or no – uh, other than McHale, a real established weekend rotation. Uh, we have a lot of talented arms out of the bullpen, but I think the coaching staff has done a great job in assigning them very specific roles, and they've all embraced and, and excelled in those roles. And uh, yeah, Coach Kelly, our pitching coach, I think he's just done a fabulous job in uh, figuring out the best way to, to uh, augment the strengths of, e- of each of his pitchers. And as a result, as you said, LSU is near the top of the SEC in several pitching categories. Going into the year, the offense, uh, the hitters got all the attention, and, and the, the, not a whole lot was said about the LSU's pitching, but LSU's pitching is a big reason why the Tigers are where they are, why they are in contention yeah. to host a regional wide, while we are uh, still in the race for the SEC West. So, uh, yeah, those guys have done a fantastic job, and uh, we're looking forward to them continuing over these last three weeks of the regular season. Yeah. Bill Frank is with us from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, LSU, Alabama, 6 p.m. tonight. Um, how significant, when you look at the big picture uh, and, and the attempts of trying to host a regional, was that dramatic um, Kate Doty walk-off home run 
to beat Georgia four to three. Georgia's RPI is is one of the best in the country. How significant was that? Oh, I think it was extremely significant, Jordy. I think if LSU doesn't win that game and we lose two out of three, I think then we're in a much more difficult position right now as far as being a, a, a top 16 seed with a chance to host the regional. As you said, Georgia uh, at that time, at the time we played them, had an RPI of number three in the nation. Right now wow. they're number four in the nation. So uh, to be a top five RPI team, uh, two out of three, was a just a huge boost, I think, to LSU's chances of being a, a regional host and playing at the box in the postseason, which is something we really want to do. Coach Johnson uh, feels like that's so important for this team to have an opportunity to play at home, at least in the regional round. And if you right. get to re- if you get to the super regional round, no matter where you play, you just need two wins to get to Omaha. So, yeah. but to, for, for at least to get to that regional round to play at home, I think that's something that. Uh, the, coach is really focused upon and the winning that came on sunday uh, gave the tigers uh, i think uh, or moved the tigers in the right direction and at least gives you a very very legitimate chance i mean three weekends left uh yeah. playing uh three teams that none of the three teams we have left on the schedule have winning sec records however right. that doesn't yeah. diminish how talented they are and how tough right. uh, all these weekends will be especially you know starting this weekend with alabama Three weekend series left, and then it just seems to me that there will be so much more emphasis this year on the SEC tournament. There was many times when LSU could care less about the SEC tournament. We want to, in fact, we don't even want to play in it. Let's just get home because we know we're hosting. But it seems like other than Tennessee, man, this thing is up for grabs. It should be a great um, Hoover experience. Well, I think you're right, Jordy. I think if you look at the the SEC standings, after Tennessee and then Arkansas, has created a little bit of separation in the Western Division. Uh, LSU is just two games behind Arkansas. Then you have LSU, Auburn, Georgia, Texas A&M, all tied at 12-9. and Then you have another level of teams like Florida and Vanderbilt who are just hovering around the 500 mark. Both teams uh, predicted to be top five preseason in the preseason polls. Both have struggled some, but you know they're going to want to make their presence felt. And, and for schools like that as well, the SEC tournament will be huge uh, in order to solidify them, them having births in the, in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, the SEC tournament is going to be a huge event this year. Um, even teams like Ole, you know, Ole Miss right now uh, right. is down. But Ole Miss yeah. is probably going to need some wins in that SEC tournament just to get into a regional somewhere. Alabama, That's same right. thing. Uh, this is a huge uh, stretch for Alabama beginning with uh, the weekend series here with us. So all those teams are very much in contention to make the NCAA tournament, and the SEC tournament uh, may go a long way in determining their fate. All right, Bill, um, have fun in T-Town at the uh, at the Capstone Inn. All right. Um, and, I'm, uh, uh, let's, I'm here in the, get, here in the get... lobby with my LSU shirt on. I'm seeing a lot of Alabama graduates walking in. I'm getting a lot of funny looks, so I feel a little, feel a little out of place right now. But uh, hey, Stand tall, Bill. Hopefully the stand tall. Will Thank you, man. Have a great good feel weekend. Feel let's, let's get two out of three minimum, all right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right buddy. Take care. Bill Franquez. All right, Jordy. Thank uh, you. In Tuscaloosa, the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome, May 26th to June 5th. Text CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. That's C-H-S-F to 68683. 
to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. Uh, The run for the roses and the lilies for the fillies. Uh, We'll talk about it next here on the Jordy Holtberg Show. Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, finally, the big day is at hand after all the prep races, the workouts, the ups and downs, the miserable trips, whatever. The first Saturday in May is at hand, and 20 of the best three-year-olds in the nation will be squaring off in the Kentucky Derby, presented by Woodford Reserve tomorrow from Churchill Downs in Louisville. It's a mile and a quarter. It's race number 12 on the card, and uh, it'll um, post time is around 5.57 p.m. our time. Today, of course is the Lilies for the Phillies, and I'm thrilled to welcome in the um, handicapper for Crescent City Sports, uh, George Pepsis, who is um, at an OTB uh, watching all the races going on right now. George, uh, thank you so much for the time, man. How are you? I'm good, Jordy, and thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it very much to be able to espouse on a sport I love, and this is a great uh, two days of racing we have upcoming. Absolutely. Uh, hey, how's How's the weather, and how how much is that going to play into this uh, later on this afternoon and certainly tomorrow? Um, As far as the weather goes, Jordy, I actually had just walked outside seconds ago when your producer called me. Uh, It started to cloud up a little bit, and I see umbrellas starting to sprout up, but I didn't really see any rain. The track is still fast and firm. As we speak, it's, you know, as we go on, um, there's supposed to be another shower or so coming through, but I was looking at a radar, and I'm not a meteorologist, per se, but it looks like the rain's going away from Churchill, so I think they may, uh, we may, we're going to get lucky. Tomorrow, we should be fine. 20% chance of rain, that's minimal. That's like Louisiana weather, you know, hit or miss. So I think we'll be fine as far as the track tomorrow. Let's talk about the lilies for the Phillies. What what are you thinking about the Kentucky Oaks? It's Oaks. It's coming up in a couple of hours now. Uh, it's an immensely talented field, Jordy. I have to say, this is one of the stronger renewals of this Kentucky Oaks in many a year. Um, when you look at what's in here, Echo Zulu is the reigning champion. Look, she's, she won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies last year in dominant fashion. She's not even the favorite as we speak. For this wow. race today, she's currently sitting at seven to two. Um, you look at a filly like Ness, who won the Ashland. Ashland didn't beat a whole lot, but to the visual eye, she was very impressive. Um, Kathleen O, who won the Gulfstream Park Oaks, is another filly you have to, you kind of have to consider as well. Uh, she won the Gulfstream Park Oaks, but she really didn't beat anything that day. Uh, there's a couple of wild card fillies that I'm kind of looking at too. Secret Oath is going to break from the rail for the coach, Dwayne Lucas, 86 years old and still training. Um, changing riders today to Louise Saez. She ran in the Arkansas Derby in her last start. They tried the boys, which I thought was the prudent move at the time. I'm not normally one to endorse fillies running against the opposite sex. I just, it's really, it's kind of productive. But in this case, they wanted to find out what they had, and she ran a, a good third, but she had a terrible trip. She's six to one, and she's sitting on the rail. A wild, a real bomb that I'm looking at, Jordy, is hidden connection. She ran second to Echo Zulu at the Fairgrounds Oaks in their last start, and she almost caught her. 
Now, logically speaking, Hidden Connection had her chance to get her last time. Echoes Uber is going to be more fit today. It's going to be tougher for Calhoun, silly. Brent Calhoun, trainer of uh, Hidden Connection, to get the job done. But again, it's amazing. The race itself, the Oaks, is a very strong renewal. It's one of the stronger renewals, that's, as I said at the beginning, that we've seen in a long time. Okay. All right. Uh, so it could be anybody's horse race. I, I don't know who to mm-hmm. pick when it comes to the Derby on Saturday because you've got a field of 20. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, tell me about Epicenter because that's the one I'm interested in because he won the Louisiana Derby. Well, of course. I mean, and the last Louisiana Derby winner to win the Kentucky Derby was Grindstone back in 1996. Um, that being said, Epicenter, Jordy, look, you saw what I saw in the Louisiana Derby. That was a visually impressive effort by him that day, and winning that race in demonstrative style. What really kind of hampers me just a little bit is the fact that he's drawing the three hole. Now, granted, the speed and the stalkers are going to probably are going to all break to his outside, but how much will Joel Rosario have to use early is going to be very key on what kind of a performance we're going to get from him. Uh, and again, to the to the novices out there that are listening, and I say novices, not you know, not the ones that cover it like like I do. Um, there's not the auxiliary gate anymore. Remember, it's a twenty horse gate. It's not a wow. where they have fourteen line up and then they space yeah. out and put the other six in. It's all one wow, gate, that's crazy. and you're not really if you're on the inside, you're not crashing into the rail like you did with the auxiliary gate. Basically, it felt like that. But Epicenter has a real opportunity here. He's got a real big chance. I've not seen any advanced wagers. They have not put up the uh, advanced wagers. Usually on Friday, they do that in advance of the Derby. You can bet the Derby today for tomorrow, but I've not seen yet who's taken any early action. And they always call it Wise Guy Friday because after the closing of wagering on Oaks Day for the Derby, there's always okay. that one horse that double figures in the morning line that's going to get pounded. Uh Epicenter sits right now, what, four to, four to one? Seven to two, I'm sorry. Second choice. Seven to two. Not even a Seven favorite. You know. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got a real big chance here. I just, I'm a little bit leery because, in the sense of trips. Because, again, you just mentioned it yourself, Jordy. 20 horses. You know, what if he misses the break just as half step slow? Then, uh-oh, he's, he's going to be a little bit more compromised than you would think. But on talent alone, he's got a real opportunity here. I like Mo Donegal, but it's, he's got that. Uh, he's he's coming out of the one gate. He's going to be the rail horse, um, and and that that kind of concerns me a little bit. With um, although Todd Pletcher is a great trainer, and uh, but mm-hmm. what do you think of Mo Donegal? Mo Donegal's got an opportunity here. He's one of those that I think. I mean, I'm still debating as we speak as to who I'm going to go with as my top choice. But he's one of the ones. Um, he's going to close. He's going to be a closer and closes yeah. from the rail. Irad Ortiz is on his back. And look, the Ortiz brothers, Irad and Jose, have ruled New York racing. And those guys have really established themselves. None of them have won a derby. And Irad's got a real shot here with this horse. He just needs to break, settle, and when he goes to make his move, find a clear running lane. See, that's the thing about closes in the Kentucky Derby, Jordy. Um, closes in the Kentucky Derby, got to find a trip. In other words, you got to find a seam right. and you got to find a, a hole to run through because the speed that goes to the lead, yeah. there's, I've calculated about four horses that look like they can go to the front and about another six or seven that are going to probably break or want to break close and stalk. Most of them not going to be one of them. He's going to sit further back. But when yeah. he gets going, he's got to find a running lane. But at 10 to 1, I want to find out because I'm very tempted at 10 to 1 to take this horse to win the Derby. 
I'm tempted at 20 to 1, the horse that won the Arkansas Derby. Am I nuts to, to think that Cyberknife has a shot here? You're asking me if you're nuts? No, I don't think so. Cyberknife, look, Brad Cox himself has said it. And look, I'm always one to listen to trainers, but it's always read between the lines of some of the things that they say. Cyberknife, according to Brad Cox, has put it all together. It looks like it. And if you look at his Arkansas Derby, you know, yeah, Secret Oath had a terrible trip. And then some, you know, cat calls saying she could have won it. No. Cyberknife was much was to me the best horse in that race, and he can only get better from here. And think about this, Jordy. Brad Cox just got awarded his first Kentucky Derby with the disqualification of the That's late right. Medina Spirit, right? right? I don't think if you're a trainer or anybody in the sport of horse racing, you want to win your first Derby by ruling. You want to win it on the racetrack, and you best believe if, if he's going to he's going to do what he can to get it. And say this is my first real winning Kentucky Derby, and, and you know, instead of winning it in a court of law or whatnot, I want to win on a racetrack if I'm Brad Cox, yeah. and I think he's thinking that. Cyberknife coming in though, Jordy has trained very well. He's kept his form. He looks very good. Uh, at twenty to one, you're not nuts to think about it. He's one of the ones I'm considering uh, to make this exact box and whatnot, and however I attack this race, multi race rangers of whatnot. Amazing, um, George Pepsis. Kind enough to join us. All right, let's let's cut to the brass. We won't hold you to it. Everybody is willing to uh, to to offer their opinions, and everybody can do what they want to do with their money. But if if you're getting ready to bet on the Oaks today, um, who are you going with? Just give me a winner. Who do you like? Echo Zulu. It's as simple as that. Until you beat the champ, uh, you got to take her. Uh, she's undefeated. She's never lost. Uh, she's she's that good. And she's only fitter from her last race. Remember, she was not fully cranked up for the fairground votes. She won, okay. and that was just her class and a testament to her ability. She's going to be much more fit. And there's not a whole lot of speed, per se, in, this, in the Oaks today. You, Geary, is the other horse, but she's a rank outsider. And how much will she really impact things? Maybe she's a slight nuisance early, but if Echo Zulu and Joel Rosario get out clean, I think they're fine. I think they're going to be okay. They're bred to get the mile and an eighth. The horse is bred to get it. But if you're going to put if you're going to put me to the to the point, I'm going to tell you, Echoes Lulu is what I'm betting my money on. All right, fair enough. Um, it's the day mm-hmm. before the Derby, subject to change. But who do you like for the run for the roses? Modonagle. Modonagle. At the end of the okay. day, I'm going to take my I'm going to take a shot at ten to one, and hope. You know, uh, that he's able to find a running lane when he's ready to run. Watch his Wood Memorial back. You know, he, it looked like the maturation of a three-year-old. He really picked it up in that race. The way he won, because the race before in Florida uh, was the Holy Bull, and he didn't quite put it all together. You know, it was a little bit green and gawking around and all that stuff. But it looked like he was a more professional horse in the wood, and it looks like, to me, going forward uh, into this Kentucky Derby tomorrow, I think we're going to see a different Modonagal. I think we're going to see a more mature Modonagal. And Todd Fletcher has really downplayed him this week in the sense of, you know, he's talked up Charger and others, but he said, we don't really have to do much with Modonagal as far as training him. He's fine. Translation, he's ready to go. Again, reading between the lines, I think he's trying to kind of hide Modonagal and basically, you know, downplay him to keep the odds at what they are. Uh, Trainers do that. Yep. I can't thank you enough, George. Uh, go back inside. Go watch the races, um, and we'll see how things go. But let's let's do this again a couple of weeks down the road when we uh, 
when we head to uh, Baltimore, okay? Sure. Uh, it would be nice, Jordy, but I'll, I'll have to get back with you on that, though. <laughs> Sounds good. We will. We'll All try. right, Jordy. We'll try. Thank you so much, George. Yes, Pepsons, sir. Handicapper, yes, sir. Crescent City Sports. Um, can't wait. Cannot wait. I'm going to watch the Oaks today, and we're going to watch the Derby tomorrow. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Astros take on the Rangers May 21st, and you can be there. Register in the game club us at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, hotel accommodations. That's Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston downtown in the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Brian Kelly let it out. He's got a big offensive lineman coming back into the fray. We'll talk with Matthew Bruni about that when we return. The Jordy Helfer Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Jordy Holtberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? We just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holtberg and the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 48 minutes after the hour on this Friday, May the 6th. It was perhaps Brian Kelly's biggest worry going into spring practice uh, two months later and a week and a half after LSU's April 23rd spring game. uh, Brian Kelly seems less concerned about his most problematic position around. He said, quote, at the Tiger Athletic Foundation Tiger Tour in Lafayette, He said, I think the offensive line is going to work out better than I thought. I thought it was going to be an unmitigated disaster. I think it's moved up to being a position where we can compete. It's not going to be a strength of the team, but I was worried that that was going to be a situation where we couldn't overcome some things. But he added, I think we're going to be able to put something together that will be much better than I thought. And perhaps that's because LSU's offensive line is getting a big boost, according to Kelly. We're going to get another player back that played a lot last year. He was just readmitted into school today, and that player played a lot of football. That's an NFL player, according to Brian Kelly. Now, Kelly didn't name the player he was referencing, but he did address the possibilities that his presence will present. Well, that's supposed to be, we all expect it to be, six foot five, 365-pounder Anthony Bradford, who for some unexplained reason didn't take part in spring didn't take part in spring practice and whose 2021 season was inexplicably cut short in late October but Bradford's return um much needed for a line that's lost a lot um Ed Ingram went to the second round in Minnesota Austin Deculus in the sixth round of Houston right guard Jason Hines in the seventh round of New England were among 10 Tigers selected in last week's NFL draft. Um, One other 2022 offensive line starter, center Liam Shanahan, signed with New England as an undrafted free agent. So um, remember, LSU finished out the spring with early high school enrollee Will Campbell starting at left tackle, East Tennessee State transfer Tremont Shorts in Ingram old spot at left guard. 
Um, Charles Turner at center, Florida international transfer, Miles Frazier at right guard, and Cam Wire at right tackle. Now, Cam Wire has been injured a lot. He was a four-game starter in 2021. Uh, he was backed up by Marcus Dumerville. So um, we shall see. We shall see. But Bradford, there, there's something to be said about experience. Um, and experience on the line is, is everything. So Bradford started uh, four midseason games at left tackle. He opened up against UCLA at right guard. Injuries forced um, Ed Orgeron to kind of mix and match things. He's from Michigan. He's he's um, you know he's a versatile player. He appeared in uh, three games with no starts as a freshman. Seven games, mostly on special teams, in 2020. Uh, so. You've got that. You've got some other players that are coming back who were injured, and Garrett Dellinger uh, out for spring, started three games last year. Xavier Hill, who played as a redshirt freshman, who remains with a team, he was injured. So what looks like a, um, a position that was really, really thin, now you've got some more competition and some backup, uh, backup depth and quality depth. So... Uh, he said it's not a strength, but it's certainly not a weakness anymore. He also said that, uh, according to Brian Kelly, that running back, it would be a running back by committee. In other words, we're not going to have one bell cow running back. We're not going to have a, a Kevin Falk who's going to get the ball 20 times a game. It's going to be running back by committee. John Emery, Trey Bradford, Josh Williams, Armani Goodwin. And then you've got Noah Kane, who's coming in from Penn State as a transfer. Um, that, that'll be on campus very, very soon. Um, and Brian Kelly said that he's okay with a running back by committee. Uh, he liked uh, the, the, the running back's physicality. He liked their versatility. Um, and that was good. Um, still, you know, they're still looking for a tight end. Um, Kelly was pleased with the way Cole Taylor played in the spring game, but he's still seeking some depth for a position group whose only other scholarship tight end besides Taylor is Jack Mashburn. So he's hopeful that the NCAA transfer portal can provide that. Um, and we'll see how that finishes out. Of course, also working at tight end, former LSU baseball pitcher Nick Stores um, had that so-called medical retirement and came back. So in a nutshell, um, a very good presentation by Brian Kelly in Acadiana, in Lafayette. Um, and the biggest takeaway is Anthony Bradford is back on the team. And all that can do is add depth and experience and quality. You can't have enough of those big dudes up front. You just can't have enough. Invariably, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get fatigued. And you got to have some, some decent replacements to, to come in there. So position grab, I think positions are up for grabs yet again. So uh, we shall see. So that's good news on the front uh, with Brian Kelly. You know, after a two-year hiatus, the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival is returning this weekend to the festival grounds in Bro Bridge. General admission tickets range from $5 to $10, and you can buy a three-day pass for $15. The musical lineup includes Wayne Toops, Chubby Carrier, and the Bayou Swamp Band, Sweet Cecilia, Zentilly Zydeco, and many, many more. 
Great food, great music, great times at the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival. For more information, visit www.bbcrawfest.com. That's B-B-C-R-A-W-F-E-S-T.com. The Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival. Yes, indeed. Coming up, hour number two of the program, um, Larry Holder will share his thoughts on the Saints and their their draft. And um, how many quarterbacks does he think are going to – new rookie quarterbacks going to make a start this year in the NFL? We'll talk all about that with Larry Holder. George Faust will give us the latest on the Raging Cajun baseball team, softball team, anything else that's going on. And George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will um, knock it around the park as we always do. We are presented by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Lafayette right there off of uh, Ambassador Caffrey Parkway. Um, man, look, uh, as we get older, right, and the, and the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinic of Louisiana was voted the number one aesthetic practice in the nation, in the nation. So you're in great hands. And hormone replacement therapy for men and women there's no reason why you should not live your best life. That's the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Lafayette. Hour number two, when we return here on The Jordy Helpert Show. Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two, and away we go. Brought to you by the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana in Lafayette off of Ambassador Caffrey Parkway. In Baton Rouge, off of Blue Bonnet Boulevard, the number one aesthetic medicine clinic in the nation, as voted upon by their peers, uh, become the best you you can become. They uh, and anti-aging is the way. Become you know, turn back the clock of Father Time. Let the aesthetic medicine and anti-aging clinics of Louisiana help you out. Um, coming up in this hour, we'll talk um, football. We'll talk raging Cajuns. We'll talk about everything as uh, the Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. The Kentucky Oaks is today. I love these days with the thoroughbreds. Uh, if you missed our number one, we had the preview of LSU baseball versus Alabama. And uh, we talked LSU football with Anthony Bradford coming back into the fold. But we've got to talk about the New Orleans Saints. And it's always great to welcome in from the athletic, our good friend, Larry Holder from uh, right there in Algiers across the river. Um, and uh, he joins us yet again on a Friday. Larry, good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm good, Jordy. How are you, buddy? I'm terrific. Um, jazz fest going on. Uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff. It never slows down in the city. Never slows down. I wish I was calling you from Jazz Fest, but I'm not there. So, not there. <laughs> but, I understand. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, popping and look, kind of like life back to normal so it's yeah. been really cool uh the last uh couple weeks here in new orleans 
I was thrilled, Larry, when uh, I got the word that the Honey Badger was going to be a saint. I think you pair him up with Marshawn Lattimore and um, um, C.G. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, man, I, I don't know if there's a is a more swag defensive backfield. Your thoughts on Taran Matthew coming to, uh, coming to New Orleans? I mean, it's a perfect fit in the sense that you wanted someone to replace Malcolm Jenkins, and you probably got somebody even better. Yeah. And it's not like Malcolm Jenkins was playing poorly. I mean, he, he actually was playing really well the last couple of years with the Saints, but he wanted to retire, and then all of a sudden uh, it's, it was going to cost you a couple bucks. And I think the Saints wanted to feel out what was going on with the draft. And then there you go. Tyron Matthews yeah. was there to, for the taking. And I feel like that they probably – obviously they figured this out before the draft. And they wanted to wait to see how it looked once okay. the draft happened. And you had the compensatory pick thing to it uh, to where, uh, you know, the Saints wouldn't lose one by signing him. And so – I'm sure they had this mapped out, and but honestly, I think it's you add everything up that's going on with the secondary, and boy, it's it's got to be one of the strongest secondaries in the league, God, uh, it, especially if uh, if Marcus May is ready to go, which I assume he would be. I mean, they they wouldn't have paid him the money uh, if not, and so I feel like that this secondary is going to be just as strong, maybe even stronger than it was uh, last year. Got to be a top five in the league defense, don't you think, uh, going into the league, going into the year? It's got to be. You would think that. I, I do have one concern, though, with, with the defense, and it's the pass okay. rush. Uh, it took a, a significant dip last year uh, in, in terms of pass pressure on quarterbacks. And so I feel like that you need someone like Marcus Davenport to be there every time yeah. you can go. And – I feel like people have forgotten who the heck even Peyton Turner is. Guess what? He was a first-round pick last year, and he was like a nobody. And so I feel like he's got to elevate and even play (laughs) and be a part of that. So I do feel like, though, that when you look at the pieces all the way around, though, that this Hmm. defense is probably the strongest unit of the team, and the offense is going to be the question mark as we go into 2022. No question. Everybody uh, posts their post-draft grades. I I go by what happens uh, in Vegas. And I remember um, New Orleans has gone from as high as 60 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl in odds posted before the draft to as low as 30 to 1 this week. And that was before the Saints signed the Honey Badger. So they're thinking the addition of Chris Olave and Trevor Penning Dropped it a lot. So I always follow Vegas. They're pretty smart. So apparently the Saints did pretty good with their draft. Well, Vegas also uh, thought that the Saints would take quarterback and favor that as their number one pick. So that's one thing. But still, I, I do feel like that even before going into the uh, the draft, that the Saints were a playoff team. And I feel like, though, that they have improved their chances. Uh, to at least, you know, at least be a playoff team. But when mm-hmm. you look at it in that sense, I think the AFC is mega strong. I think that's going to be uh, a, a bit of an issue <laughs> for the Saints. And so uh, you figure it out and you get there. But still, I do feel like, though, that 
the Saints have bettered their team. And I, look, I've seen all of the kind of knocks on, well, the Saints have given up all these picks and all these uh, things to, and, and people are kind of down on them trying to be a contender now. And I argue, like, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed right. to just pretend like there are nobody? That's not true. So, yeah. uh, look, I, I think that, uh, and uh, like, I work for an organization where they look at it in a broad sense, and we can also look at it within the same organization yeah. in a tighter sense. And I could tell you, my colleague Catherine Terrell probably looks at it a little differently than some of my national colleagues. Gotcha. Uh, Larry Holder of The Athletic. Um, We find out that the Saints are going to be playing the Minnesota Vikings in London during week four of the 2022 season, meaning they lose a home game. Uh, But the good news is Joe Burrow and Cincinnati are coming to the Superdome. That ought to be festive. What are your thoughts on the NFL going to London? They're going to Germany. They've been to Mexico. You like all that? Well, I mean, do I personally like it? I don't know if I personally like it, but I mean, obviously the NFL is going to keep broadening their horizons. I mean, look, we've talked about where London might be a home for an NFL team in general. So I I think that's where we could easily be going, but still uh, it's, it's not like the Saints have done this all the time. The last time they did this was a few years ago and, they played the Dolphins, and Jake Cutler was a quarterback for the yeah, Dolphins. Yeah, that's right. This was this was 2017, and uh, so it's not like they do this all the time, but still, it's chaotic for what the Saints and any team mm-hmm. would do. So I, I, I feel like that that is something that is just going to happen. There's these aren't going to stop; they're going to extend. So I think people need to probably be a little bit used to international play. Are we going to have NFL Europe? Is that what the goal is eventually? I mean, what, what, what's the deal? It's not going to be NFL Europe to where uh, you, you unearthed Kurt Warner from the uh, Amsterdam Anteaters right. or whatever the heck the team was called. Uh, but still, it, no, it's, it's something to where they feel like there is global appeal. Okay. And it's only grown. So it, that, there's a reason why we've gone from one to two to yeah. five, and it's not just Europe. I mean, we're. I think they're having a game in Mexico, which is about normal now. So, yeah, this yeah. isn't going to change anytime soon. Uh, the Saints-Vikings on a uh, Sunday, October 2nd, will be 8.30 our time in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It'll air on the NFL Network. Um, that's a 2.30 kickoff in London. That's the same day as the London Marathon, one of the six major marathons in the world. So that'll be interesting to see how many people are in the stands to watch football or or if they do both. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But um, all right. Um, what did you think of uh, Chris Olave and um, Trevor Penning in the first round? In the sense of the needs? Perfect. Okay. Okay. And yet, I know people are complaining about, wow, they gave up X, Y, Z, A, B, C, all these picks and threw like three or four trades. I've seen kind of the, the, the mish and mash of that all. But still, I feel like Chris Olave fits in immediately. And I feel like Trevor Penning fits in immediately. And yet, you're wondering, is someone like Penning ready to play right away at left tackle? 
I think that is something that the Saints are going to have to gauge. I mean, they do at least have someone viable to go there if Penning is not ready. And I feel like that was a different story. And I'll go back to when the Saints drafted Teron Armstead, and they were ready just to have to roll with Charles Brown because Jermon Bushwater just left. And so I feel like they have to figure that out, and yet they still have a ready-made, you would think, someone ready to go with Trevor Penning if Hurst is not ready to go. But the Saints want Penning to be ready to go, and so I think that's something we've got to see. Alave is going to play right away. I mean, I think he's someone who they needed – blow off the top of a defense, established route runner, someone who's been extremely productive. So I feel like that that is – those two picks match what they need. But, I mean, the Saints went after it like they're ready to win now. So I, like, it's uh, you could argue one way or the other. I feel like the Saints have done the right route in the sense that I feel like they are more ready to win now than I feel like – people outside of this realm uh, give them credit for. Did the Saints not draft a quarterback for a variety of reasons? One, maybe they didn't didn't really like any of them, or in the back of their mind, were they sending a subliminal message to Jameis Winston? Hey, we want you to be our guy. We're not going to draft a quarterback for the future. We want to win with you. Do you think that was a part of it? Well, it wasn't subliminal. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the fact that they didn't kind of shows that, hey, Jameis, we want you to be our guy. And yet, we've got to see if he's going to be the guy. I mean, his contract and his status is not structured for him to be the long-term guy that he still has to prove it. And so, uh, I do feel like, though, that, I mean, look, the first quarterback taken was at number 20, and it was Mm -hmm. past both picks where the Saints went. And from what I have talked to with people that I trust, through the months and months and months, that Kenny Pickett was the most pro-ready quarterback to go, and he went at number 20. So I think right. that goes to show you that the ready-now quarterback did not exist. And even with the Steelers, I mean, he might not be totally ready now. I mean, they have right. someone who started games in the building with Mason Rudolph, and then they have someone who started plenty of games who has just come to the building with Mitch Trubisky. So I feel like the Saints did not have to do any of this. And if if you weren't going to take a quarterback early, there was no point to me in taking a quarterback late just because you've got quarterback one, you've got quarterback two, and that's Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. And then you have quarterback three with Ian Book. And that's why Taysom Hill's got to figure his way out and doing all these other things. So I, I feel like you add it all up. If the quarterback class was so strong, they would have made a pick. But it wasn't, so they didn't. All right. Are they done? What's going to happen with Quan Alexander, do you think? I would think that they're probably going to move on from him. But, I mean, look, who knows? I, I just feel like that they feel like they're set. And linebacker, here's the thing. I mean, linebacker has become a bit devalued in the NFL in the sense that you basically play two more than anything. And so I think that's a bit of an issue. I think they feel like they've got Pete Warner. They feel like maybe he could be someone who could 
play next to Demario Davis and kind of go that route. But still, I, I you know, it's it's tough for Quan, uh, but I, I do feel like he he deserves a spot in the league. But I I'd be uh, okay. I'm not holding my breath there. Gotcha, Larry Holder. I hope you got the, the Mother's Day gifts all taken care of, but big boy. Hope you've taken care of business. I have already, I, and I mistakenly already emailed it to mom, which I should not have, and she already knows about it two days earlier. So, Larry <laughs> Holder, you're you the know, best. We got one. The you Enjoy your weekend, man. You take care. <laughs> all right, buddy. Good talking as always. Right. Oh, love it. You gotta love it. You got to love it. Uh, let's see. When was I going to say? Oh, the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles wants to hook you up. With ride tickets for the Cajun Heartland State Fair at the Cajun Dome, May 26th through June 5th, text CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. That's CHSF to 68683 to win a family four-pack of ride tickets to the Cajun Heartland State Fair. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Fridays with Faust here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, what's happening? How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well, doing well. Just uh, um, maneuvering through some traffic. <laughs> I hear you. I hate, I hate to do this, but I know you got dad duties. That's awesome. Hey, how cool was the uh, Garth Brooks uh, concert, big guy? Oh man, that was phenomenal, dude! It was—it's was, the uh, eighth time I've seen him, and uh, yeah, that was that was unbelievable. He did really good job. I was—I actually had tweeted days before the concert. Uh, they better get the seismograph ready. <laughs> and, and sure they enough, they—he uh, yeah. they, goes, uh, "Hey, Baton Rouge, is it—is it time?" And, and everybody knew exactly what he was talking yep. about. And uh, <laughs> man, that was—that was a blast. So at LSU football. I don't expect to hear the recorded version. I expect to hear that version. <laughs> yes. I like that. Very good. George Faust always coming up with great ideas. All right, let's uh let's sift our focus to the Raging Cajuns baseball. Um they're 14 and 7 in league play. Uh Texas State at 17 and 4, Georgia Southern 15 and 6, and the Cajuns trying to hold off Coastal Carolina and Troy. They start a three-game series tonight against uh, UT Arlington. They, uh, the Mavericks aren't very good. This, this, this is a time to get a sweep in, right? Uh, absolutely, and they should have had a sweep a week ago against yeah. App State. A uh, little, you know, hiccup at the end of that series. They won two or three, and that would have been three straight road conference series wins, and that would have made a little bit of history for the Cajuns. But it wasn't. The- wow. Track and try and get a sweep here this week. UTA, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, on paper, obviously they're the, they're they're not even uh, close to as good as the Cajuns are, but uh, you know, they, they all uh, you, you play games in the on the field and, and things things can happen. So 
Uh, yeah, but the Cajuns, uh, I fully expect them to win all three of these games and they continue to set themselves up. It's all its all about that RPI right now, and that's what yeah. Coach Jakes always talks about. And, and if you can get that RPI into the, you know, 30s or 40s, it seems like uh, they'd be pretty happy with that. Maybe even push up into into the uh, low 20s. That, that'd be impressive. But I don't know if that can happen, but we'll see. Uh, well, they- just because of their strength of schedule. Yeah, they got to win a bunch of games to get that uh, RPI into the 20s. So uh, that that might be uh, stretching it. Um, The uh, Sunbelt Conference Championship coming up May 24th through the 29th in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, Very important tournament for for the Raging Cages. If I had to ask you if they were giving out awards today, who would be the most valuable player for the for the Cajuns in baseball? Uh, Good question. I I think I think. Probably for my money, I think Carson Rockefort is the guy who's been the most consistent. Him or uh, Tyler Robertson, those two guys have just been uh, the most consistent throughout the year. And Carson is a guy who, who, when you get when you get him at the plate, you know he's going to be a guy I, I mean, that that gets you a base hit, that gets you a, you know he's not going to disappoint when it's his turn at the plate. Um, on the hill, I would say, I, I, you know, in baseball, they do this. They give you a pitcher of the year, and then they do a right. player of the year, right? It's kind right. of completely different. Uh, I, I like, I, I like what, uh, what Brandon Talley's been able to do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I would go with Carl Tyler uh, at this point with regards to a Cajun MVP at the dish for sure. Okay, George Faust, sports director, KLFY. Meanwhile, on the uh, the softball uh Diamond, whatever you want to call it, circle. Right. Uh, the Raging Cajuns leading the Sun Belt Conference at twenty and four. How do they have four more games played than South Alabama, who's fifteen and five? How does that work? Because uh, during their spring break, they went on an eleven game road trip across oh. the Midwest. They went on a Midwest tour. <laughs> I, I yeah. think that it's just a matter of uh, Jerry Glasgow doing a great job of uh, of making sure that they play a lot of. Ma- I don't see something, you know. They played Alabama, they played Texas, they played LSU, uh, all those games, and he wanted to make sure they can build up. Uh, even if they lost, you know, you're still playing some of the top teams in the country, right. so you're building up that RPI again. So uh, I think that's that's where that extra those extra games come from. Right. Well, they they got extra games in conference play as well. So they're twenty and four overall. They take on uh, UL Monroe. Um, the Lady Cajuns, they've won six in a row. Um, they don't have to worry about RPI and everything. They're going to be, they got a great chance to host a, uh, an NCAA regional, which pops up here coming up in uh, the May 20th through the 22nd. So softball is a little bit ahead yeah. of time. Heck, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in softball is next Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. They, the postseason is here. I mean, look, uh, ULM has just got kind of, uh, kind of a tune-up for the Cajuns, the way right. I feel. I think they should be able to take take that from uh, ULM, no problem, uh, even though they are on the road. But uh, then you kind of set yourself up for that that Sunbelt tournament, uh, and and they're really trying to get that. I mean, you got if they win the tournament, you know, it's not anything new for them to win a Sunbelt Conference tournament. But uh, right. you're trying to hold your position and uh, make sure you can either host a regional or uh, not have to go too far. Uh, when it comes to a regional, you know, so I, I think that they'll be pretty good uh, with did regards you, to that. 
Did you happen to uh, go to the LSU Tiger Tour that was in Lafayette last week? Did you go partake in that by any chance? I, I did not. I did not. I, I didn't have a chance to go out that way. I got you. I got you. How's our girl Madeline doing in New Orleans? How's she adapted and adjusted to things in the <laughs> Wait, big city? Listen, so listen to this. I was talking to her the other day, right? And I said, yeah. uh, I said, oh, you know, it was when the Pels had just won. So they knew that there was going to be a game six back in New Orleans. Right. And it's right. the same night as the draft. And I was like, oh, I was talking to her before that. And she goes, <laughs> she says, oh, I was going to the draft. I had bought a new dress. I was going to Vegas to cover the draft. I'm like, Man, you've come a long way from covering, you know, staging baseball to uh, you're going to Vegas to cover the draft. But it ended up because the Pels won, she had to stay back and cover the Pels in that in that game six back in the Smoothie King Center. So yeah, she's doing well. I talked to her a couple times, but uh, yeah, she she's uh, she's getting adjusted to life in the Big Easy. Well, tell her uh, we miss her and all that. Uh, you got a Derby pick? I know you like the ponies. Come on, give me one. Look, I, look, I, I haven't, I haven't checked the whole, uh, the whole roster, the whole rundown. I know there's a lot of some Louisiana ties in there with the, yeah. a couple of guys that uh, from from New Orleans that, that, that you know ran in the, in the uh, Louisiana Derby and Derby, yeah. all those good things. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I, I like to stick to the, uh, to the, uh, the local guys because I, I, I feel like it brings, uh, it gives us a reason to kind of watch. Yeah. And, you know, there's a rich history of, uh, of uh, horse racing here in Louisiana. So no doubt. I, I, re- I really think that uh, I'll stick with that. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not too familiar on all the horses right now because I haven't had a chance to look at it. But, well, you're busy. But anything you're with, busy. Any, anything with Louisiana ties, with New Orleans ties, where, uh, or Lafayette ties for that matter, I always try to pull for those guys. Well, then uh, the Louisiana Derby winner was a horse named Epicenter. So just remember Epicenter. that when you're putting your – Right. Putting That's your two right. dollars on, on a horse to win it, Epicenter, and Epicenter happens to be the betting favorite as we speak. So, so mm, we shall see. All right, George. What else? I know we got state track and field championships Thursday, today, and Saturday. Um, what else is going on? We got baseball going on right now. It's, uh, look, look, high high school baseball is taking center stage right now. Softball kind of wrapped up uh, last yeah. week, and and now we're in the quarterfinal rounds of the high school baseball. One of the one of the key matchups is in uh, the, the the battle between North Vermilion and Rain. That's going to be a three game series yeah. at North Vermilion. Obviously, Jeremy Trahan doing a great job. He has he has the Patriots trying to repeat. And then on the other side of that one, Rain High under uh, first year head coach Randy Judy. Uh, he he's kind of gotten gotten these guys to give them all the all they have. So uh, the nine seed versus the one seed. In the quarters, that's going to be a fun game to watch, uh, okay. and I, I look forward to seeing how that one, how that one plays out. And then uh, another cool matchup, I think, one of the better ones in, uh, in Division uh, Three will be Notre Dame taking on Ascension Episcopal. Lonnie Landry always has a really good squad. Blaze Blanchard is a guy that uh, you know you kind of look out for. He, he was committed to Texas A&M uh, a while back. His dad played at LSU uh, baseball. Yeah. Johnny. And uh, so I went to high school with him. And so I know the, all those guys at Ascension, but, you know, Notre Dame's the defending state champs. Uh, Coach Stevens has, has that, that crew playing really well at the right time. So we'll see what happens. 
Oh, fun stuff. Never ends, man. Always something going on. George Faust pulling dad duties. He's driving through carpool lines and he's talking to us. We can't thank you enough, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, no problem, Jordy. Look forward to it every time. Man. All right, buddy. Take care. George Faust. Yep. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 6, 1915. Future Baseball Hall of Fame slugger Babe Ruth hits his first Major League home run while also pitching 12 innings for the Boston Red Sox in a 4-3 extra innings loss to the New York Yankees. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to upgrade your experience for downtown rising with the ultimate downtown rising VIP experience. You can score a pair of VIP passes plus a chance to meet the Cold War kids. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to win VIP passes for Downtown Rising on Saturday, June the 4th. The ultimate Downtown Rising VIP experience presented by Social Entertainment, Raider Solutions, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Let me welcome in my good buddy, George Becknell, as we knock it around the park a little this, a little that. George, how you been, my friend? Jordan, I've, I've been fantastic. I can't complain about a thing. How about you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, James Mesh is over there in the in the game a Master Control Suite. So um, uh, we only talk about it once a year, but we got the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. You, have you done any uh, research on that? Have you looked into that at all? I have not. Not oh. at all. Okay. Not well, at fair. all, Jordan. See? So I need to get better. But yeah, I haven't I haven't done any research. I like Epicenter, but I'm gonna put a little bit of money on this horse called uh <laughs> Cyber what Cyber Knife at twenty to one. It won the Arkansas Derby. Um got a good trainer in Brad Cox. I, I like that. James, are you a are you a pony watcher? Do you like the ponies? The only horse racing I've seen is from a couple horse movies like Secretariat and <laughs> The 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 video horse racing on GTA Five. Jeez, Louise! Yeah. Yeah, you gotta love a, the transparency. They did a virtual race with all the you know the the great triple crown winners, and you know they you know they put some formula together and they did a si- simulation of it, and uh, Secretary it came from behind and won going away, uh, the greatest horse I've ever seen, Secretariat. So. Uh, that was a good movie. Uh, what was your favorite horse racing? James, I'll stick with you. What What was your favorite horse movie? I I remember. Don't tell me, Mister Ed. <laughs> I, I've never even seen Mister Ed. Uh, what's the What's the one with the zebra and like the horse flies, like a part of the movie? I forget what the name is. Oh, God. Oh, God. Racing stripes. Uh, that's what it was. Okay, I, that was the All first right. one, and I enjoyed that one a lot as a kid. Okay. Um. What was the one with the little horse that could? Oh my gosh. What was the name of that movie? Oh, don't tell me. It'll come to me. Uh, 
where, you know, the owner um, was on the West Coast and they had to go all the way to the East Coast to do the match race. Um, oh, gosh. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Um, okay, so there you go. Enough of that. Uh, what do you think of the NBA playoffs so far, George? Was it Seabiscuit? Seabiscuit. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Seabiscuit. Um, that's a great horse. It's a great horse movie. All right. Um, what do you think of the playoffs there, uh, George? Embiid uh, cleared protocols, but apparently not going to play in game three. He didn't play in game three and it's Miami series is over. Yeah, Jordan, the series is absolutely over. And Well, let me just say this. This has been the best playoffs I've seen in a while to start off with, number one. But number two, you're right. And it goes to show why Embiid should be the MVP of the league because that 76ers team looks lost without him. Yeah. And they don't have a shot in game three without him because James Harden looks like a looks like a chubby has-been that plays at LA Fitness. Like, what is he doing? You know, so it, they don't have a they don't have a, a chance in H-E double <laughs> hockey sticks to beat Miami if Joel Embiid doesn't play. I'm hoping that he they change their mind as a game time decision. But a is over. I, Miami looks like they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Man, I love Miami. I love I love how they play. I love yeah. Bam Adebayo and how versatile mm-hmm. he is. He can guard bigs. He can come out there and guard your your guards. I I, I really like Miami, but um, I don't know. Um, James, what are your thoughts uh, on the NBA playoffs? Anything? I for me, I think it, it's over for the Heat. Same thing with what? with Dallas. No, he means the the Heat I, are going to win. The, yeah, the Heat oh, are going to gotcha. win. That's what I yeah. meant. It was it was weird gotcha. wording, but I th- Sixers are done. I thought they would be a little some, but they've fallen off since the series started. Without Embiid, they can't win. No, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. Celtics, think- Celtics for me. I've been watching them because that's the only team other than the Celtics. I mean, the Pelicans. I look at really and. It's looking a little tough, even with Chris Middleton out. I I don't know how to feel with them shooting over half of their shots from beyond the arc. That's just not a recipe to win in my eyes. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Golden State, Memphis. That's a heck of a series, man. That is, that is a heck of a series. That that that, uh, that John Morant, George. If you could, <laughs> I know this isn't fair, but uh, availability is the best ability. And if you had to go, do the draft over, seeing the Pelicans as they are. Would you rather have a healthy Zion or would you rather have a healthy John Morant? Well, in all fairness, I thought that that the Pelicans should have – John Morant was the more safe draft pick then. You know, I would rather have a John Morant on my team. You know, the Pelicans, they got Valentunas, B.I. Yeah. You know, I, I think Zion was drafted because you had a franchise that was in need of some excitement. And Zion was a bigger name. That's just my personal opinion. I'm with you. Let me ask you this: um, Five years from now, look at the look at the bodies of both of those players and how they play. Um, Zion, big, carries a lot of weight. He's already had problems mm-hmm. with his ankles and everything and all that. John Morant is the closest thing and better than Allen Iverson, in my opinion. But he's frail and he takes everything to the basket. And he's getting hit and knocked down. Five years from now, which body holds up more? None of them. Gosh, I'm telling <laughs> they, you, they, they're both they're both going to be a shell of their uh, of their potential because of what you said. You know, like John Morant, I love him. I love his game. But how many games did he miss this year? Like, 
you know, he's just looking better than Zion because Zion didn't play at all. But both of them, there's no way Zion's joints are going to be able to hold up for like a 10, 15-year career. And John Morant is going to – he's going to look like Derrick Rose, in my opinion. How Derrick Rose, how he came on, and he was this, this you know, generational talent, and he couldn't stay healthy, and he's a shell of himself. I think John Morant is going to be the same way. So neither one of them holds up, in my opinion. It's interesting to see to think about it. Um, the heavy guy or the frail guy? I, I think Morant will um, shot. will will become like a Steph Curry. Look how Steph Curry looks now compared to what he looked like five, six, seven years ago. I mean, he's he's big. I mean, yeah. he has hit the weight room. Um, he he looks good. He looks good to me. So we'll see. Uh, but I think that's something to uh, take note of for down the road. Let me go back to James a little bit. Baseball-wise, um, man, the New York Yankees, 18-7. and seven, That's 72% winning percentage. How do you feel about the Astros so far? 15-11, and 11, um, game and a half behind the Los Angeles Angels. James, what are the Astros legit? It's it's felt a little underwhelming. You've you've seen a lot of losses yeah. early on. The offense doesn't feel like it's there all the way because you're seeing oh a 3-0 win or a 4-0 win or last night it, it took a walk-off single to get a 3-2 win against the Tigers. It, it's definitely been slow to start off, but I, I think the Astros can still pick it up. You just got to give it time. I mean, it's 162 games right. season. So, right. And we're no question. we're not even we're not even 30 games in. Yeah, we're, I'm not. Right. I'm not too worried to start off, but it is. Okay, it is something good. to monitor. Uh, what's the better div- conference, the American League or the National League? I mean, you got the Yankees that are playing well. You got a lot of teams that are playing well, but that National League, man, look at the look at the Mets at 19 and nine, and Noah yeah. Syndergaard and still isn't playing. The Brewers at 18 and eight. The Dodgers, the Padres. Yeah. I mean. If I had to vote right now, I think the National League is stronger than the American League. What do you think, George? George, I don't think it's close. I mean, I don't think it's close. You got the world champion Atlanta Braves. They're like right under 500. You know, the Dodgers won two years ago, and they're better than they were last year because they was in the in the in the National League finals, right? Yeah, yeah. To your point, you got the you got the Mets playing good baseball. You got the Milwaukee Brewers playing good baseball. The Padres are playing good baseball. They so, sure are. That you know, you have a very, very balanced and top-heavy National League to where all these guys can't make the playoffs. I, I think the National League is much better than the American League right now, um, and it's not even close. God, what do you do, James, if you're a Cincinnati Reds fan? They're freaking three and twenty-two. <laughs> they haven't played. They played twenty-five games. They got a hundred and forty games left to go. What do you? How do they draw people to go watch that dog play? I'm not even sure. I I don't know anybody that's significant on the Reds team. They don't have anybody. So I, I don't know how you're gonna. I don't know how you're gonna get fans in the stands at all. I'd hate. Yeah. I'd hate to say just throw away the season, but. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can make it better. It's time to go to the farm club. It's time to go yeah, to the, the minor to. leagues and, and play those players and develop them because the, the big leaguers you got stink. Yeah, they, they stink. You got to go to the farm league, see what you got at least, kick the can on some of them. Man. You know, but the Reds are so bad, they kind of remind me of my childhood, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe they wear bags on their head and trade away all their draft picks for one guy. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe they pull the New Orleans Saints with the, in the Mike Ditka era. I don't know, but yeah, it's 
you know, 25 games in the season, your season's already over. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not, it's even not much you can do. Um, how about Kim Mulkey doing it again? Doing it again. She gets Maryland star Angel Reese, the number one unsigned transfer from Maryland, 18 points a game, 11 rebounds a game, um, third team All-American. Kim Mulkey's doing it again. She's going to have a better team next year than she had this year because she's going to have size and yeah. good athletic size. I mean, Jordan, think about this. You know, Kim Mulkey was Kim Mulkey at Baylor, at Baylor University. You know, no knock on them, but they don't, they're not LSU. They don't have the type of talent, the type of, the type of players in Louisiana with his little competition for his big schools, right? Yeah. So now she's actually here. We're witnessing the we're witnessing Skip Berkman in the late 80s, but just of women basketball. You're gonna see something very, very special in the next five or six years that's gonna that's gonna rival like what Pat Summit and Gene Gino Oriana did it, respectively. So yeah. I'm expecting big things from Kim Mulkey, not just this season, but going forward. My daughter's going to be a senior at St. Joe's Academy next year. She's a really good basketball player. She's going to die. This this girl, Reese, is a 6'3 guard forward. She's a guard <laughs> small forward. 6'3. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. That's, that's, that's amazing. You know, she's going to be, what, crazy. top? She's going to be a number one overall WNBA pick Woo. with that kind of size and skills. 6-3. Most, most when are of we the, going to St. Joe's basketball game, Jordan? We you're always me. welcome. You're always I'll, I'll get I'm you the coming. schedule when it comes out for next year, but uh, yeah. she's fun to watch. Um, James, I haven't asked you, um, and I'm remiss, uh, what did you think of the Saints draft? How, how would you uh, grade it? I liked it a lot. At, at the lowest, I'd probably have to give it a, an A-. minus. Oh. I'm, I'm big on Chris Olave. I was big on Trevor Penning. He was the yep. he was the draft pick that I had for the Saints initially in my in my 1.0. <laughs> I it, it feels like a little bit of a reach with the Alante Taylor, but you, it's so unpredictable rounds two and beyond. So even if most people have a great have him great at like the fourth round, getting him in the second round isn't really a big deal to me because we thought Jalen Hurts was gonna go in like the fourth or fifth round a few years ago and. Look at that. He yeah. was a second-round pick as well, and yeah. he's a, he's a yeah. really good starter. As I said earlier, I, I, I value what Vegas has to say, and they went from 60-1 to one in some to 30-1 to one to win the Super Bowl, and that's before they got my boy. How, how happy were you that the honey badger, George, is now a New Orleans Saint? Happy? Happy? Happy <laughs> is an understatement, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting. I know this is probably not going to happen. But I'm waiting to hear that Taysom Hill changed his number and gave the Honey Badger seven. That's what that's what I'm waiting to hear. That's what I want to see. And I'm going to buy the jersey that day. So, but I'm just waiting on that. But, Jordan, the Saints have made it clear that their goal is to win now with the yeah. draft yeah. and with Olave and Pancake Penny. They yeah. went got the Honey Badger. They're talking to Jarvis Landry. They filled all the gaps they needed to fill. And you are looking at the NFC South champion of 2022, Dude. if not further, if not more. Does anybody have a – I mean, you take Marshawn Lattimore, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and the, and the Honey Badger. I mean, how much swag does that secondary have? It's got all the secondary – it's got all the swag in the world because if you think about it, you know, Bradley Roby is a very, very good 
Number yeah. two corner, yeah. Paulson Adebo. Yes, what, he's gonna make some strides because he's a big guy, athletic, and he can cover. You you you're not scoring on the Saints this year. It's not happening. That so, not I'm to excited. Not- like I don't know if you could tell, but I'm ex- I wish the season started tomorrow. I'm excited. Uh, James, last one here. Um, I I think the Saints sent a message to um, Jameis Winston. They could have easily have drafted a quarterback if they yes. if they wanted one. And I, I thought they, I mean, from all reports, said they like some, but I think they wanted to send them a message saying, look, Jameis, we ain't worried about anybody else. You're our guy. Now go win the job. And and then we can talk about a long-term contract if you perform well. But we believe in you. Does that make sense? It does. I didn't believe I didn't believe in all the Saints need a QB. Mel Kuyper saying that's their biggest need. They want a QB. They love Kenny Pickett. I'm sure they. I'm sure they liked him, but I didn't really believe it because mm-hmm. Jameis, he had talked about in his press conference coming back with the contract. He had a long talk and multiple talks with the Saints, saying like, "Do you believe in me?" And and they reassured right. him like, "You are our guy." So for them to draft one in the first round, let alone one at all, would have sent a big message that, "Hey, we just lied to you, Jameis. We just we just need you unless we could get the guy that we wanted." I got it. All right, James, thank you very much. George, anything else, big guy? I just want to echo, you know, James's comments because I was scared the Saints would reach too. And if you think about it, we've gotten all the weapons. The guy threw 30 interceptions in Bruce Arians' offense that had to change for Tom Brady. Let's let's stop, you know, giving Jameis all this crap. He's a Heisman Trophy winner for a reason. He can ball. Expect big things from him. All right. I like Alave. I can tell you that. Um, I like it even more if the reports are true that he and um, Michael Thomas are working out together. Getting, yeah, getting I I'd see done. some Instagram stories of them together. They were on the field. Right. Yep. Well, that's good. I like that. We need Michael Thomas back, man. God, we need Michael Thomas. And I'm telling you, my boy Taysom Hill, whether he wears number seven or gives that away, I'm telling he's you, he, he's, he's going to be a good team. tight end. I'm telling yes. you. He he wear, he wears number seven because his late older brother wore seven. So that's why he wears okay. it. All right. All right. Well, you know, money talks and everything else walks. We, we shall see. George, <laughs> thank you. James, thank you. We'll be back to wrap it all up after this final timeout on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back. Finishing touches. Caesars Sportsbook released its regular season win totals for SEC football teams. Georgia at the top of the heap because of their weak schedule. Their over-under is at 11 and a half wins. Alabama is at 11. The LSU Tigers, mm, not so high on LSU. They've got LSU as uh, tied for the seventh highest win total at seven. Seven wins. So, uh, take your money to the bank. See what happens. All right. Special thanks to all of our guests, Bill Frankes, George Pepsis on the Kentucky Derby, Matthew Bruni. Well, we couldn't get Matthew, but Larry Holder, George Faust, and George Becknell. If today, Friday, May the 6th is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with Houston Astro. Jose Altuve is 31. Chris Paul, 37. James, thank you. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our partners. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. Until Monday, I'm Jordy Heltberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy, my friends. Be kind to everybody, and let's all be happy. Have a great weekend. So long, everybody.